Welcome back to your ultimate playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Dietrich. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Taj. Still it's all. <laughs> <laughs> Love it as much. How are y'all doing out there in airways, podcasts, media world, whatever you want to call it? Um, this is Choice Tracks, where a couple of guys decide to come together and talk about the favorite music that they like and hopefully share that with the world so y'all like it as well. In this particular form of podcast, um, we really do focus on the music that we like. Um, we're not sponsored by anybody. We're not getting any checks under the table, at least that none of us know about. Um, if somebody is getting checks, they're paying for dinner next time we get together. But <laughs> in this particular situation, uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to drop the needle on what we call side A, Side A is going to be going over a topic that we decide to match music up with. So it could be any type of topic that you come up with, right? Um, it could be your favorite songs you listen to in the shower. It could be your breakup song that, that made you want to go off and kill somebody, but you're not going to kill anybody because we're all sensible human beings, right? That's what we're going to go for. In this particular episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about our favorite 90s house slash techno slash trance music i'm not gonna say soundtrack i'm just gonna say favorite song okay yeah if you had to pick one song that you had to listen to in a club or at a house party setting that would not make you want to throw up and not deal with the alcohol as well it would be the particular song so uh let's go ahead and drop the needle on side a oh all right so starting off hey uh brandon I know this is your favorite topic, man. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of insight on your favorite? Wait, I thought if it was your topic, you're the first person. <laughs> I wanted to shake you up. I wanted to shake All you right. up. All right. <laughs> no, I'll go ahead and take it. I'll take it. Um, so. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. You don't get away with that. No, we, yeah. we got to stick to tradition. We got to stick to the script, man. We got to stick to it. That's what keeps us in mind. All right, um, we'll, get, we'll get you later, Brandon. Color, color within the lines. Color within the lines. It's all good. So, in this particular topic, the reason why it's dear to my heart, right, is because I'm a DJ. So, there are certain genres of music that I tend to lean towards more than others, mainly because of the beats per minute, also because of the way that they sonically come out the speakers, and it's because from a tried and true method, I kind of know what's going to make people dance. Right. Just throwing songs out. I can I can throw out uh, Billie Holiday. I can throw out, you know, um, the Bearstein Bears, whatever the case of point may be. And some people are going to like it. Some people are not. But certain genres of music, especially ones that have a nice beat to it, I can automatically guarantee you I'll put money on it that they're going to hit the dance floor. So some of these songs have been lifesavers because I've actually put them in a mix and. You know, for whatever reason, whether it might have been dead on the floor a couple of minutes ago or it might have been dying down because I already had a nice run going with it, just picks it right back up. And nobody complains except for that one person sitting in the corner and they're already too drunk to worry about anything else. But we're not going to worry about them. So <laughs> this particular stance. Tosh. <laughs> yeah, Tosh. <laughs> My song that I picked uh, was by a artist that, that came on the scene um, she had actually been in music for a while, songwriting and whatnot, but um, she came on the scene with this one particular song and it stuck like super glue 
around any and everybody, even up until this day. If I put that song on, everybody's going to recognize the track that came from it. Um, it's been used over and sampled you know, several times over. Uh, a couple of popular songs that it's been sampled with. Even now, it's been brought up in TikTok and, and Instagram and other type of memes, right? So uh, social media definitely has their hands on it. But uh, this particular song that I'm talking about is Crystal Waters' Gypsy. And so some people call it bag lady, some people call it homeless, some people call it the Lottie D song, whatever you want to call it. It is uh, Crystal Waters Gypsy is the official title of the song. Um, the, the way that the music sways, uh, the way that the piano keys come in um, and they're, they're sharp chords that are hidden and but they're sharp chords that work. And normally they wouldn't work and, and just playing them in regular stances. But in this case, the way that they brought everything together, it worked. Um, the hi-hats and, and the way that the bass hits when you're playing the song, it actually works. And she's got a lovely voice and she harmonizes very well with the track, blended everything together. It was her first certified hit across the nations, uh, so to speak. So. It was one that, that kind of took in and it was still around the time where one hit wonders were cherished <laughs> for <laughs> they brought into the music world. Not like today where you're a one hit wonder, you're gone in like 30 seconds. They actually had a longevity of a time frame just based off of one song. So this was one of those songs. The track is melodic. Um, it hits a point. She's got a very, very good um, stance behind the song. Um, the lyrics itself hits, you know, basically talking about um, somebody going through a hard time and nobody else recognizing the fact that she's going through a hard time and she's going to keep her head up and whatever she's doing and how she's doing it. So, fellas, what do y'all think about that? So, I want to just say right off the bat that I'm familiar with the song. I, I remember the song when it first came out, or at least back in the, the early 90s. Um, and I... Remember the song. I remember thinking it wasn't bad, but here's the thing. When I started listening to the song again, like I haven't heard it in years and uh, I don't know if I actually knew the name of the artist or the song, but I knew it. Right. But what happened immediately was I'm like, wait a second. I stopped listening to it and I'm like, I remember this parody song of it from in living color. And so I went to YouTube and I watched the the parody of the song and the song the parody song is called my songs are mindless and uh i listened to that all the way through first and then i went back and finished listening to the song again for the podcast so my 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 fondest memory is the parody song and not the actual song itself um but anyway uh yes i enjoyed it i i still enjoy it but my memories are more sharply attuned to the parody from In Living Color more. So. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I remember that parody. Yeah. <laughs> that actually worked. Um, and the reason why I said it's come up in, in social media now is because now there's a new um, kind of craze to it. But they took the, the song off and they just kept the beat and they took Boondocks, which was a, a, an animated uh, series, and there was a dude on there by the name of, he played by Cat Williams, but his name was a pimp named Slickback. 
And for those of y'all who know, now, now this song is being played with the pimp. I'm a pimp. Ain't slick back. Pimp, pimp, slick back. And everybody's doing their little dance and jumping down to it on, on, on TikTok. So I was like, oh my God, of all the songs that you could have took in order to make that kind of track, they did a mix of it and made that track out of it. Um, T.I. used it in a track. Um, uh, uh, the name of the track literally slipped out of my brain, but it was one of one of his hits um, that he got from it. Um, basically, slowed it down and turned it into a rap beat. But the song itself, the song is okay, but the the track, the music behind it, the instrumental, the the the, the way that everything was formed together, yeah, that's timeless. That's never gonna go anywhere. Yeah. So, oh man. Yeah. So check out the parody. <laughs> the parody is live, definitely. In love and color. Wow. So um so I listened uh to it. So I listened to both the the uh regular version and then the radio version. The radio version had some some other elements added to it, I think, and it was just like it jumped right to it. Like it didn't have like the the slow build up intro, like it just right. hits you hard and then goes out. <laughs> but of course, I guess that's what a radio cut's supposed to do. But um, I, I like the overall. Um, it, it's you know the you know the uh, I'm not sh- would you call it? It's not a ballad, but the story behind it, it the song. I mean, because it has a clear story. Yes, it was it is was nice. So I mean, it, you know, you know me, I'm a sucker for lyrics. So <laughs> like, it's like okay. I hear what you're saying. Uh, I never, I never heard the song back in the day, so this is kind of my first time listening to it. So I was like, okay, so this is cool. So I, I do have to ask the question. So on house, is most of the lyrics normally original for the track, or because I know sometimes they sample off of other songs to put right. it on top of the techno, and so in her case, it's original, right? It's original lyrics written for the track. Yes. Original lyrics for the track, um, okay. and which was kind of unique because normally when you're talking about house tracks, you're not talking about um, like very significant or certified lyrics. You know, mostly it's you know like um, what is love? If you don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's very like statmatic or yeah, yes, it, very. Um, yeah. It could almost be a haiku <laughs> if you put it in the right right mix. Um, but but in, in actuality, um, most of the lyrics are, are really lighthearted and and just mainly for filler purposes. Um, the focus is really on the track and and the bass and um, samples that come in with it and everything. As far as the music itself, that's where the real focus is. Now she actually put. Uh, like lyrics on top that made you think about the actual song itself, whether you were focused on the song or not. When you once you start paying attention to the lyrics, it was like, wow, she's actually saying some kind of kind of wow on this situation. Right. So. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, it, it, for that, I did like it. So, yeah, I thought it was cool. Oh, cool, Damon. What you think, man? Yeah. So, Crystal Waters. Um, I, I remember her <clears throat> her stuff in the nineties. I think that 100% Pure Love is like one of the hits that was always on the radio. That might be maybe the one I remember more, but I always, I do remember la da dee, la da da, la da dee, la da da, or la da la, la da da, la da 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 da. So, <laughs> yeah, I like lyrics too. 
But that's like half the song is la da dee la da da. That's the chorus, I guess, right? But that you called the chorus. Uh, well, the first, the open lyric, the first lyric, the first line is the winds are blowing every morning just to do her hair now because she carries you all. So I'm not really sure where that's going. <laughs> it's a fun mix, I guess. It sounds, it sounds like it's kind of like, uh, to me, like house music in general. I can't say. Oh, I have a favorite house music song from the 90s, but for me, it brings me back in, in time, you know? It brings me back to, like, yeah, I heard that on the radio a lot when I was a kid, and then it starts bringing back memories of, like, how I felt with the music, and that stuff always, like, house music always reminded me of, like, movies or things that I couldn't do at the time because I because I was too young, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's where it brings me. I think, I think um, yeah, Crystal Waters is great. I mean, at the time, she was always on the radio she's still playing do you know i mean i think she's she's done some stuff kind of recently right i have not checked on her recent stuff i know last time i did check it was around 2013 2014 and she was um still out performing and doing some 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 good performances that were out there um, yeah. she nearly kept a crowd base going along with her um outside of that i couldn't tell you i'm not even gonna play with it yeah it's like a throwback for sure it's it's so so funny how the '90s music always brings me back to like when I was you know obviously when I was a kid I was younger, but um it just it, it makes me kind of miss it and then it makes me glad that things have changed a little bit. <laughs> Some of the stuff was great and might still be you know relevant today, and then some of the stuff was like yeah that's that happened. Right, but, Gypsy, Gypsy Woman was definitely one of those that. Um, kind of captivated the 90s sound because I think it came out in 91. Um, so it was like the beginning of the, the 90s phase where all the music came in and had that tied up beats for a minute type atmosphere. Um, yeah. I do know that she's 60 now and looks damn good for being 60. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. About it, yeah. All right, Taj, calm down. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> see you over there. All right. So, yeah, I think. I, I definitely think that like there's a difference between early nineties and then like ninety five, ninety four, ninety five, and then the late nineties house music where it just transitioned from it was like a different beat completely, different type oh not a different type of music completely, but there's a huge difference. Where do you think that change really happened? Like like different style bands like grunge style like became really popular in ninety two, ninety three, like Pearl Jam ten was coming out. So, like, the stuff from the early 90s was just, it, everything was changing. Yeah, then they started getting, like, Stone Temple Pilots and all this stuff. And then, like, house music had a change, too. I mean, it was, like, it wasn't the same in 97 as it was in 92. Exactly. And the main thing that happened with that was internet. Um, the the yeah. main difference was the web, um, the connectivity to the web, where it was initially, you know, nobody had it in their homes. So all of a sudden we have dial up to all of a sudden we have high speed to all of a sudden we have, you know, these different genre or different ways of how people listen to music came into play. And that's also around the time where the record labels picked up on how music and artistry can be tapped into as far as funds wise. So they started putting more money behind the the distribution of the music and less money behind uh, the production, so to speak. Mm. So that really took a turn in how artists were marketed. 
you know, before they would run to every single radio station and and pass out demos and 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 pass out songs that they thought were going to be hits or or songs that they wanted to make hits as far as record labels. Whereas between '93 to '97. Um, when you had LimeWire and other other things of that nature come into play, Napster, that type of situation where people could actually listen to the music themselves and cut out the middleman and go on to buy it, it really changed the atmosphere of the type of music that was coming out. Because now artists can release songs that they normally wouldn't be able to because the label wouldn't let them do it. So they release it on the cool under, under scenes, which actually changed the sound for all parts of music, not just house, but it was, like you said, rock, it was grunge, it was hip hop, it was even even rock pop um, sort of changed its frequency on how it rolled out. And what do y'all think about that? Uh, I, I can see that. Uh, back in the, the 90s, I was working at a, um, a store called Hastings. So it was uh, videos, books, and music. And uh, the music section like would have tons of uh, like uh, CDs that they they were given to them to play, and they had one of those like five ten CD displayer, and so the, the you know the people just came in like give them discs to put in their player to play to try and sell the albums. So it's like, but I can see yeah because they there was at least four of those stores just in the town. Well, two in the town I was in, and then like another three in the town over. So you're like that's five like full albums you're just printing to give away for free that you're not selling. And and if you imagine they're doing that everywhere, I, I never, that never dawned on me, but that makes sense. Yeah. They were just giving away CDs like mad cakes. Yeah. Like crazy. <laughs> yeah. And plus back then, like in the nineties, that's when CDs actually became like fairly cheap. Like you could buy a spindle of CDs and it would, it wouldn't break the bank. Like you could, yeah, it's been a little CDs. I want to say for like ten bucks, maybe twenty. Yeah, yeah about between eighteen and twenty. Eighteen but, and twenty. Yeah, yeah. They, they eventually dropped down. Like yeah. it's like it might fit two hundred CDs, and you're like, man, I'm making it. I'm doing it. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely a wild little time. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. Well, cool. everybody's good with that. Brandon. Yeah. Leave it back to you. All right. So when this topic was brought up, I would have to say I was the first to be pretty excited. I couldn't wait to pick my choice track. If anybody yeah, we can knows tell. me, they know how much I yeah. like house music and techno music. Oh, yeah. Um, that's not the case. I'm exaggerating. I don't dislike house music, but, uh, you know... There's a lot of music from the 90s, especially that that genre where I think it was overplayed. Um, or honestly, I didn't really know at the time the difference between house and pop music. And sometimes I think still to this day, they kind of bleed together. Um, but anyway, uh, so definitely when this this was brought up, I had to do some research because, I, you know, there were definitely songs of a house that. I didn't even know the name of the artist or the title of the song. And so when I started looking at some playlists, I'm like, oh, I know that song. I didn't know that song had a name or I didn't know there was an artist attached to that. Um, I just thought it was noise, you know. But anyway, <laughs> so there was quite like I, I definitely listened to quite a few playlists 
And, um, you know, I would skip through them and I'm like, I know this one. I know this one. This one's not bad. Never heard of that. Um, and then I looked at some top 20 of all time and then I came across one and it never even dawned on me that it was a house song. And, uh, but I knew the song immediately and, you know, I actually knew the, the title and the artist, but didn't put two and two together. And that was, uh, Show Me Love by Robin S. That's my choice track. Um, I don't remember the first time I heard it. I'm sure it probably was in like 92, 93. Um, so the, the song originally came out in 1990 in the UK, but it wasn't what it became. It wasn't until it was remixed in 1992. And it was remixed by a Swedish house duo called Stonebridge and Nick Nice. Um, I don't know who they are, but I did some research. So anyway, um, 1992 was when it was remixed. And I think that's when the song took off um, and became a, a house anthem. Very popular in the UK. But it's not to say that it wasn't popular here, too. Like it, it definitely hit, it hit, hit number five in the top 100 billboard, but it was definitely a number one dance song. And, uh, I think it really probably helped, um, popular, popularize house music. Um, you know, definitely made it more mainstream. Cause I mean, that song was playing on, you know, new hits of the nineties, like on, you know, Kiss FM and stuff, you know, in Fort Worth. You know, and I, I didn't know what house music was. I wasn't going anywhere. You know, I was a friggin' teenager. I didn't do anything. I was pretty boring. Still am. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it was, I, I love the song. I love her voice. You know, what's even more interesting about her, the, her vocals in the song. She actually had the flu when they recorded that song. She wow. was sick and her voice was very hoarse at the time, but she, she persevered and, and still recorded it. And I don't know, maybe that just helped with the, the whole dynamic, but the, the beat on that remix is, is killer and her vocals are killer. The lyrics are good. Um, I, you know, I, that's a good, that's a good track. And, uh, you know, again, I never thought of it as a, as a house song. I just thought it was a pop song, but after, you know, learning a little bit more about house, yeah, it definitely is a house song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's my choice track. Um, I, I'm glad that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I, I, I definitely went down that rabbit hole and, and found what is considered house music. Cause it never would have dawned on me that that's considered one of the classics, but, uh, it is for a reason and that's why it's my choice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I liked it. Uh, it was, it's a, yeah, it's iconically like even I knew the song like right away when it started playing and I was like, Oh, I know this song. And it, it, I enjoyed it. And then um, they had, cause I tried to see if there was other versions because you know, there's always another version that it's Alice or techno. And what's interesting was I couldn't find a radio cut for yours, but they had an extended mix. So like it, it, they took it and then they made it longer. <laughs> like they, they, there's the original one that probably played on the radio and then they made it even longer for the club. So you're like, that just tells you how much, how good it is that like they, they want to add more onto it. So, but yeah. 
That, all right. That's all, that's all I got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damon, what you got, man? Yeah, Robin S. Is, uh, yeah, she's pretty good. I mean, a lot of, like like I was saying before, like house music isn't going to be something I, maybe, maybe I share uh, Brandon's um, thoughts on, you know, like 90s house. Like, it's, it's not all bad. It's not all good. But it's not something that like it to me. It's like okay, I'm like I'm listening to, to like a flashback '90s CD or something like that. It's going to be something that was on CD. Uh, my wife loves '90s house music, so any of the stuff I've heard is probably because she was listening to it, and I was like, okay, I guess I heard that on the radio when I was like, you know, 15 or 14, whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Robin S. Like that song definitely is like was in the clubs. I guess I could see it being in Europe and all over the place, like hitting the circuit. I mean, it was probably played a lot in clubs and I mean, yeah, she, all of her stuff is, is pretty decent, like pretty similar. You know, there's not much of a range. I think with a lot of these artists, not to say that it's bad, but am I wrong about that? And I, and I see Dietrich, you know, like you might be conflicting with that idea, but so I'm what, not what do you think about that? I'm going to say evolving. I'm not going to say conflicting by any means. Um, this is around a time where labels really drove home whatever people picked up on. So, you know, this is back early 90s, 91, 92. I believe yours was 92 uh, when it released. Um, um, and I believe that uh, this particular track in itself, it had especially the remix that, that, that came out to be the track that everybody learned about. It really had all the fundamentals of what a house track would be and a lot of these artists are versatile where they can sing other genres of music at the time though their labels wouldn't let them mm. okay so that's where that's probably where i got that like idea yeah. that um they're they're just like pigeonholed into this one style you know you know they're not going to be doing anything else and that's i guess that's probably because i wouldn't have heard their album at the time but uh, right. it's a little easier now with you know like Social media, everything's digital. But at the time, yeah, I might have heard their one hit on the radio. And then you get that album, and you're probably not going to... I probably wouldn't be going back to the record store and get another album, you know, right after that. But So, it, is this the... It, I, something popped into my head, but it's just kind of a weird question to ask. Is this around the same time where um, the Swedes are coming up with the science of music, in a sense? Uh, you know, where they're breaking down like how to how to make a song and they're selling all the songs to like the boy bands and Britney and, and like they they've they've cracked the code and they have the science on how music should be and everybody's trying to chase it down. Or is this kind of like before that? This is the beginning stages of it. Um, okay. That's the reason why I say that is because um what you're looking at here is an evolution of a sound that was out there for a while, just never really taken seriously. Um House literally was with the DJs and the mixers in the club. Trance came out of Germany where they literally just took it and flipped house and, and turned it into a, um, a more of a fast paced, like chaotic style of music, um, with the instrumentation. Uh, trance was kind of born in the middle of it where, um, you literally had more instrumentation than you had lyrics put on top, right? So, what you're re recognizing or what you're realizing is from this point, from 91 going to about 94, it's really everybody's figuring out what people like. Like, mm. it's theory. Like, they're literally figuring out, okay, there's four four notes. 
that if you have that continuously going through the song or four chords, you're literally going to make a hit based out of those four chords because four chords are what somebody can recognize enough times in order to get a rhythm on it and it turn into something that they like to hear. It's pleasant to the ears. If you have an eight chord set, then it's too hard to follow along with the rhythm and they don't know exactly what to do with that. But out of the four chords, it's, it's like the sweet spot. So that out and what like what you're talking about with the song making and, and the writing, like it literally lends itself hand in hand. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And that's cool. that's where kind of where songs that like hit me baby one more time literally was not Britney's song. Literally, that song was out in circulation for two to three years before she came along and took it. They tried to sell it to Madonna. They tried to sell it to other artists. Other, They literally tried to pick it up to other artists and nobody wanted to pick it up. And Simon Cowell got it and gave it to Britney and then, you know, the rest is history. But right. out, of, out, of, out of House and Trance, this is really where that, that, that sort of production line kind of formed. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. All right. So, uh, no, 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 wait, Diedrich, you didn't say how you felt about the song. Man, I love this damn song. <laughs> I love this song. I got caught up in trying to give a history lesson and not really a history lesson because I didn't want to go down deep into the woods of it. But um, when I heard Robin S, I heard the original version of it, right? And I was I was vibing with it and I thought, okay, it was cool. Then the remix came out and it totally blew my mind. Um the the bass, you know, driven tracks, the electronic sound is behind there, the rhythm of the bass that kicks in, um, the actual chord that, that follows along with the bass line in order to go through dum like that that touch. Like four chords over and over again, right? It's right. about four chords. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that was more about six, seven in the mix, but even still, it was along the same tempo, right. right? So it was easy to pick up on. And then the breakdown of it, um, um, before she comes in and blows, and what you said about her actually being sick when recording the songs makes perfect sense because she's got a raspiness in that track that comes out in her voice and she's even when she's going through her octaves and changing it i can't say but if i could (laughs) that would definitely hit that spot and it was like damn so that's just you know one of the things that kind of blew my mind with it so yeah i'm all in love with that that's always in my mix yeah props props to her for being sick i mean that and doing that that's i would have never known that's that's really good Oh, cool. All right, Damon, hit us with what you got, man. Hit me, baby, one more time. I was about to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't help it. Well, Brittany, bitch. Uh, (laughs) So I picked uh, one of the songs that I just hear my wife listening to and thinking, okay, this must be something good, right? She's from Long Island, the 90s, you know. So, Another Night by uh, Real McCoy. It's a... Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those, like, feel-good songs. That's really what I get out of this. Like, 90s house music is probably either something that I heard on one of those infomercials 
where you get like a mix CD from the nineties and like all the house music's on one CD. Probably every band that we picked tonight is going to be on like a mix CD somewhere you can get on an infomercial. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I really like the lyrics in the song. I like the feel of it. Um, real McCoy, I think, yeah, they're probably short lived. I don't think real McCoy is doing anything now. I haven't looked into that, but, um, yeah, no, so another night, and I think the first, I like the first uh, verse, another night, another dream, but always you, like a vision of love that seems to be true. Another night, another dream, but always you, in the night I dream of love so true. Okay. That's pretty damn good. So, like, yeah, I could, I could dig that. Um, and, then, you know, but a lot of these songs, uh, I think, house genre in the 90s had very similar lyrics. A lot of it was about love and, you know, whatever you're doing at the time, your nightlife. It's like, it's all about party, fun time, you know. I, I, I don't know. That's what I got out of it. But, yeah, I definitely like the lyrics. I like, I can't say that I'm a big fan of Real McCoy, but, yeah, so another night skip. That's a good one. Did you guys like the song? Yeah, I, Did you guys I liked it. To it. Yeah, it, so it, I listened to the, the regular version, and then this one was one of those that had a radio mix. Um, uh, but they were per- both pretty similar. But yeah, the, uh, this one I, I knew. Uh, so this was one of the other songs that I knew right away. So, um, and it was like, yeah, instantly you knew it's, you know, it's house when you listen to it. You're like, okay. So jamming along to it. So it, I liked it a lot. So yeah, 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 good point. Like that's, that is one of those songs that you know instantly. And I guess yeah. I, like for this genre specifically, I just, I just gravitate to the radio hits. Then <laughs> there were so many like there were so many of them though. I, I feel like nineties house music was mainly radio hits. And the genre it, it feels like that genre house music's still around, right? Dietrich, like house is still a thing, but it's just like totally different beast now. Totally different beast now. Every, everything molds into something else, right? So really house music um in a sense now is is actually starting a comeback. Um, so to speak, there, there are songs that now are, are tapped into that lane because um, it's, it's something that's nostalgic about it. But they're bringing in so many different sound packs now when it comes to music production as it would versus what it was before. Before you had a Casio keyboard that only had, you know, 200 uh, computed sounds into it. And now you've got motifs. And, and all these different instrumentations and, and native instruments and, and, um, and all these different, uh, hard, all this different music hardware, right? Um, that you can use and the software that can be used and all these different sound packs that come out that, that tend to, to lean to the music. It actually comes out sounding sort of the same, but it's, it's charging a comeback because everybody wants to dance now. Um, really it's about EDM. It's about balance. It's about, um, you know, soul wave. It's about all these different genres that are out now where you could see where the kind of mixture of the house got moved into it. Um, but it's really just electronic at the end of the day. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, that was a long way of going around. (laughs) I like that. I like to hear the long winded versions of stuff, (laughs) especially when it comes, you know, like, you know, the history of music. I mean, there's, there's a lot there. Um, there's a lot that I'm sure we're never going to cover, uh, but uh, I hope we do. 
but that's, I mean, the, yeah, like nineties, nineties in general was full of a lot of really good stuff. Very diverse. I don't know how to compare it to the, the two thousands. I mean, from 2000 to 2010, there was, there was, I feel like that was like, everybody took a break and then we started something different in 2010. It just kind of, everything blew up again. There was more stuff, but like, you know, the, the differences between early nineties and late nineties house music, and then all the other stuff that was created in between. I mean, I think there was so much going on in the nineties. That's for me, house music was kind of in the background. So, but it was always popular though. It was always on the radio. So I always heard it and I always kind of liked it, but it was always like just kind of there for me. You know what I mean? It was the easiest genre to move towards radio because of the beats. Mm -hmm. Mm. That makes sense too. Yeah. I could totally see that. And it was probably great in clubs too. It was easy to, Uh to play and it it is, it, yeah. People can dance to it or whatever. Uh You don't have to dance to it. Yeah. It cut down on my playlist so much. I could easily take six or seven songs out of a house genre and throw them all in together with barely even putting any mix to it because they all lend themselves to each other very, very easily. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, I know what you mean. So you're talking about when when you when a DJ is playing songs and it one song ends, but it doesn't completely end, and then the other one kind of starts at the end of the other sonnet. So it like flows where you yeah. don't really hear it. You don't hear a break in it at all. Right. Right. Yeah. This is just a fade going into the other. You may cut down um, some, some, some top end of it, or you may cut down the low end in order to transfer over. But yeah, once you put the fade in, it literally goes into the next song. And like when we play songs, like literally we're looking at about one minute, Maybe maybe a minute thirty two at the max unless it's a real popular song that we're throwing in the mix. So we've got thousands of songs that we'll have for one night, you know, just going into the mix. But when you when you have a groove that you can easily put songs in, I can let a song play for three four minutes in this mix because I know the next song after that is going to play for another three four minutes because of the way that the tracks then blend themselves to each other. So it works out. Yeah, that can be really hard to do. I'm sure. I'm sure that's not easy. I'm no DJ. That's for it, sure. I can do it. Anybody can do it. Trust me. Yeah. It, Brandon can do it because he has the DJ uh, rock band <laughs> turntable. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. He has the DJ. Oh, shit. So. <laughs> Brandon's going to play my next party. Yeah. <laughs> See, Brandon, you're already cutting into my profits, bro. <laughs> totally. I just need a PlayStation 3, the DJ Hero device. <laughs> Television. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, just don't just don't ask for expert mode, you know, just <laughs> while you're actually playing. There was uh, I don't know if y'all remember this or not. There was an actual music software that was a video game made. Um Sony came out with it, or it was MTV Music Generator. <laughs> y'all remember that? It was one and two. Yeah, I think it made a three too. Wow. Go anywhere. Yeah, MTV Generator actually made let you make music um, <laughs> on the sound packs that they had, and then you could uh, like stop um, the disc, open it up your PlayStation, put in a CD of like your favorite music you wanted to play, 
pop it in that CD, and then record a piece of it. Use actually sample. You can actually <laughs> oh the CD that she put in there, and then turn it into a mix, and then like make a whole other track out of it. That, that sounds so awesome. fun. I that, wish I had that. That's what introduced me into music production. That right there. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to MTV Music Generator, man. That was the best shit in the world. Um, and and just really quick, I want to go back to the song. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the song at all. <laughs> I despise the song. Um, I hated it then, and I still hate it now. And uh, I don't want to ever hear it again. <laughs> I, I thought that might be what you thought. That's why I picked it. I, I just I do not like this song at all. I used to I used to think like, wait, was it Ace of Base or Real McCoy that I disliked more? And it was Real McCoy. I can't stand. <laughs> oh, come Real on, Ace McCoy. of Base, Ace of Base, really? No, uh, Ace of Base. You know, isn't as bad as I remember. Real McCoy is as bad as I remember. I just, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't get there. With the song or anything by right. them, I don't want to ever hear it again. I think if it, I and I'm kind of right there with you. That that's that's the difference between like most of our our discussions. I'm usually kind of like, okay, well, I disagree, but this is why I picked the song because I like it. I can't really say I like '90s house music. Yeah, <laughs> does it drive me insane? No, it's not going to drive me insane. But if I was like on a road trip and Real McCoy was like on repeat for about three hours. I'd probably take the car off the road. <laughs> yeah. I mean, See that. I, I would rather drive in silence. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I think the the funniest uh, part of it is like, because my wife's from Long Island and she liked this song, like a lot of other house 90s music. She was probably going out to the clubs or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of see a lot of the stuff being really big in like New York city. And like, like you said, like the UK, whatever. Um, and their dance clubs, you know, that probably wasn't my scene, but uh, yeah, he's like he's got a Long Island accent in the in the song. He's like, I talk, talk, I talk to you. Like he, that's one of the oh. one of the verses. Oh. I'm like, what is he talking about? Okay, yeah. So he's I was trying to remember. This is the one where, like, is he trying to be a male version of a Tweety Bird? <laughs> At first, I was trying to think he was trying to be Sylvester, and then I was like, no, that's like the Tweety Bird. Like he's singing like like a male Tweety Bird. Oh, I thought I thought like, put it that. Yeah. I thought. But that's like you know. But that's Long Island. That's Long Island accent, sort of. You know. Yeah. You know what's hurting my soul right now is I'm right. wasting that much time talking about. It. <laughs> But you brought it there too. So. <laughs> yeah. right. Even even before I said what I had to say, I'm like, "Why are we having this conversation? Let's move on." <laughs> but some of the lyrics, some of the lyrics in the song are really good. So, yeah. like, like I like I cited the first uh, verse. I thought it was actually they're actually really good lyrics. If you're not listening to the song, the rest of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. Part of the song's good, I think. It, it's not it, bad. It's like, okay, this is on. They're definitely, this is like definitely going to be on one of those infomercial 90s hits house music. And you, like you know, we're not one talking song about on the it. song yet. Diedrich still hasn't chimed in. <laughs> uh, that's what I call music. <laughs> no, um, I, I was just going to say, I totally feel what you're talking about. And mind you, this song dropped in 94. 
So remember I was talking about the changeover between exactly. 94. This exactly. is when start every everything started going from okay, this is house music to oh, this is pop music. We can play it on the radio and it's gonna blow up every single day. We're gonna play it 50 times an hour. This is exactly what I was talking about. And also the four chord change. It's all right there. So this I see is, it all it, now. I can see yeah, it. It's the epitome of what I was talking about when I say the world changed over during that time frame. And, and yeah, and I know it makes you sick for uh, stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to me, it may be sick to my stomach, but it does kind of move some shit around real quick, like <laughs> at some point. But outside of that, I, I see it and I like it just because of the beats per minute. So I knew what I could do with it. Done. You could totally mix that into something too. I think that would be good with a DJ mix and a club and. I mean, they, you probably they probably wouldn't even play the whole song. They'd be like, right, "No, that, that definitely is a thirty second to a minute pause, and then we move on to the next." So they're like, <laughs> "Okay, now it's time for Robin S. She's the most yeah, popular because Brandon likes her." <laughs> <laughs> I walk in the club. You best be playing what I like. <laughs> All right, guys, Brandon's coming. You best be Robin <laughs> Put some ducats on it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I'll give you a shout out. Shout out to my boy Brandon in the club. He's in the club. What's up? Yeah. He doesn't know clubbing much, but when he does, we play what he likes. <laughs> I got to throw no one. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You hit it right on the nail right there. That's definitely. <laughs> you know, you got to have the siren playing in the background. Hit us with the quick. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, for mine, I, I, so I was doing research because I, I didn't have. Yeah. I, I heard songs that, like, I knew, but, you know, they were like, I, I know these songs, but do I want to make this my choice track? So I kept. I kept researching and researching and going further and further down the rabbit hole. And I kept getting close to like hip hop and I was trying to pull away from that. And so I kept trying to find house and then I came across uh, Scatman uh, John. <laughs> and so don't ask me why I went Scat down Man the rabbit hole. I know Scatman John. <laughs> no, Wait, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I I never heard this guy before, but he was scatting. And, oh, really? Never heard? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was a scat house too. Scat is a type of music, right? No, scat yeah. is a type of jazz. Uh, lyrical jazz. Yeah, lyrical yeah. jazz. Yeah, it's house it's, jazz. It's house yeah, jazz. Yeah, it's, it's coming yeah. away from jazz, but it's it's got pulled into it because of Scatman John and individuals like him. Um, yeah. it, it literally, um, it's just, you know, a way to, to, uh, play with the beat. So the same way that, um, jazz musicians use their horns and, and, and drums in order to play, you know, their instruments to the fullest. If somebody is a scat person, a scat man or whatever in this situation, a scatter, um, they actually use their voice as their instrument. Yeah. So they make up sounds in order to go along with the actual music being played. Um, in his case, he had a very bad stuttering issue and speech impediment. So um, he actually found music in jazz and found that he could actually go full sentences when he was scatting um, oh, without wow. pausing or breaking a beat, so to speak. 
So that, that was his introduction into the music way. And then from there, he just made a whole genre out of it. Yeah. Um, so get kind, of, kind of incredible. Yeah. 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 So like, um, if, um, yeah. So, so the, I knew Scat from, um, watching the, the Blues Brothers when I was young and Minnie the Moocher, like that part in between where, uh, he's, he scats in Minnie the Moocher. So when he's doing all the, the verbal garbly goop that's scatting. So and and so that's where I, I first got introduced to scat. And so it was kind of like when I heard this, I was like, ah, this is pretty intriguing. Although um, the first two tracks I came across were like, uh, was it there's scat world, and then there's one that's like specifically scat John. And you're like, okay, so it, this guy is like really throwing himself into the gimmick. Like he's really selling his brand, his name of scat. And then, uh, but then the song I picked was Everybody Jam. And so the the reason why I picked that one is because it's an interesting concept of that era where it's him with Louis Armstrong, but it's playing. So the, the music video is like it's Louis on the screen, but they're just playing a video of Louis Armstrong. And then it's him acting like he's talking to Louis. And then it's just um, him, uh, him scatting following a, a trumpet. So a call and, spa, call and response with him in the trumpet. And then he's scatting kind of what the trumpet's doing. So, but yeah, it was, I enjoyed it. And I was like, you know, this is unique enough and, and it's still house because it has that, that electronic backbeat to it, but it's, it was more dance, I guess, than, than house. But it, it was just like the, the interesting thing on him was like, he was, you know, he, he had played forever under his real name. And then like, in was it 1990, he changed his name to Scatman John. And then he made this, he had this first worldwide hit. In 1995, when he was the age of 53, and then mm. the sad thing is, three years later, he dies from lung cancer. So it kind of reminds me of like Soul, like it's that guy. He's like he gets his big break, you know, he's out there famous, and then like snap, <laughs> there's the end of your life. You're like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> so, That's but funny. yeah, yeah. So, but it, it was it was mainly that that rabbit hole of looking him up and like, who is this guy? Because he is hustling the word scat like all over the place, like in every song title, his name is scat. Like he's just doing his thing, and then you're like, well, it makes sense, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna pick a different track from him. Um, Everybody jams is cool. Uh, it wasn't one of my favorites by any means. My favorite was Scat Man. That was the one okay. that was about. <laughs> yeah, so he's just but I would have a wee wap up get up in the mix of it. Um this is definitely on that faster upper tempo type situation. <laughs> and um I can see why they tried to do it a collaboration with it because that was one of his his uh his uh, idols coming up. Um especially, you know, um learning that he couldn't necessarily speak out a whole sentence. Uh, without stuttering with it, but you know he could listen to jazz and everything would cool out. So they, that was his way of giving a shout out back to Louis Armstrong and everybody who came before him. Um, kind of like you know this is a thank you piece, so to speak. Right. Um, I saw you for what you did. I figured you were gonna come with some weird shit. Give it to Taj, who we take a subject like house music and then you pick an artist with the name Scat. 
<laughs> for you, and normally I would say no, but I know how you research, and for you, it just made sense. And it was like, you know what? I, I can dig it. I, I'm not even tripping yeah. on it. Yeah, we're good. I and for me, I I don't really have an opinion after listening to it. I'm like it, it exists, you know, like. Like honestly, at the, after the four choice tracks, mine included, really, there's only two that matter, and Todd's yours does not. Oh, <laughs> and we already know how I feel about Damon's. So we don't matter, Tosh. We don't matter. <laughs> but but I mean, I like yours maybe a little more, Todd. But at the same time, oh, so. I'm gonna get a reputation on this podcast. Like, you really gotta get rid of Brandon. He just seems to like talk shit about every other person's choice tracks. So. Really Simon Cowell the choice track. Yeah, <laughs> this was awfully dreadful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, 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 you're telling the truth, man, and it works. I love it. I mean, I love, I love it. It's uh, he's a Nick it's, Cave it's fan. Worth, it's huh. <laughs> oh, no. Nothing, nothing. Don't hurt me, no, don't hurt me. You have to say it so I can hear it. What did you say? I said you're you're a Nick Cave fan. No. Dude, I would not do some I would not talk shit about Nick Cave fans to Nick Cave fans. It's not gonna go well for you. I like I like Nick Cave, it's fine. Put that way. Say it with your chest, David. Say it with your chest. I don't care. It's so funny. Like when people when people want to like try to insult by talking about my favorite artist, I'm like, I didn't make the music. I don't care. But anyway. But it's love. Uh, it's all out of love. I like Nick Cave just fine. No, no, it's fine. I, I like Nick Cave too. You know what I, I'm not a big fan of? Scatman John. <laughs> oh come on. I mean, let's 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 just say he, that. Had, he stuttered. He had a stutter. I heard the one song. That's fine. I heard the one song, and I had no interest in seeing what else he had. So, but at the same time, like I'm not the biggest sure. house person, and neither was he because it wasn't house music. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there with you with that. Like I didn't get the house vibe from it, but. I like okay. his background. I like that he overcame his stuttering through his music, and it's kind of sad yeah. that he only had a short like career. You know, I, I agree. Mean, I agree. That yeah. that that is all you know. Really cool background on Scatman. Yeah. I did not think Scatman was a club no. club type house type band, but I could yeah. see like that music is totally like Mardi Gras or like party. That's probably. Very typical of the 90s as well. Early 90s, there was a lot of stuff like that. So when what, when did this album come out, though? It, this was 95, so this was late 90s. So um, it hit okay. like... Mid-90s. It hit, yeah, it hit uh, 44 in the dance uh, party. So, I can yeah. totally see that. Macarena, all that stuff's kind of like the same category with this style of music. I don't I don't know if that's house music too, but I doubt it. But um, yeah, no, I think that's, I don't think it was that bad. I think it was actually kind of fun. Like that would be great, you know, in, in the right setting, a total party, you know? Right. Um, yeah. 
fiesta party, whatever. Like it's just it's it's like big party though. Like that's not something I would play at my house while I was cooking or you know. No. Yeah. Um, you know when, when I well, I was just gonna say when I heard it, I'm like I've heard a lot of music. I've never heard this song in my life. And I'm like, how in the hell does Taj know what the song is, right? And then when, when Taj was like, well, I did some research, and then I heard the song for the first time, I'm like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> Taj, do you listen to this while you're cooking at home? No, 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 I don't. Right. <laughs> so. Say it with your chest, Taj. <laughs> so. No, what I was going to say is like, we've come a long way because I remember like several episodes back, you know, Brandon was like, you know, I just feel like I'm always saying, oh, I like it a lot. He's Rock Lee. He just dropped the weights and he's like, I'm done. You know, I either like this or I don't. You know, like, <laughs> I was trying to find something positive. Well, you keep making me listen to this stuff that I don't want to listen to. You know, gloves are off, man. <laughs> like, I'm learning, like, my time is precious. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad like real McCoy, man. It wasn't. Oh. Da- Damon loses, in my opinion, for this subject. <laughs> But, but okay. Damon, in, in, in defending Damon, right, millions of people love that song, and millions of people are wrong. <laughs> millions of people love that song, and that's just what they do. Whether or not it was actually a good song to love or not, whatever the case of <laughs> may be, even this one, on Scatman John, or any other choice that we came up with, bottom line is it's all music. Somebody enjoys it because it was true. So. Can we go? Can we go back to disco? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, let's do this. Let's let's try to make everybody calm down and come to their senses. Let's flip the record over to side B. How do y'all feel about that? That's fine. And by the way, I'm just playing. It's all good. Yo, it's all jokes. It's all love. I promise. You. I I know you enough to know that you're playing. So yeah, yeah, totally. But I'm serious. I'm never going to listen to half these songs again. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Dane was over there like, man, fuck this shit. I'm done. <laughs> I cannot wait. I was just checking out. Soon. I don't know if y'all could see like this ream of, of CDs. I've got, oh, yeah. I've got those. Oh, I probably bought them in the 90s, too. <laughs> Man, I, I hope side B's better. What you got, Diedrich? Tyler, let's flip that record, man. All right, let's flip the record and drop the needle on side B. All right, so side B, I gave y'all some homework. Um, it was looked like it was well-received homework. Um, so I'll just tell you how I was introduced to the band, and then we can go from there, right? So it was a funny backwards kind of way that it came from it. Um, I'm a gamer. I love playing video games. Um, I'm always going to love playing video games, no matter how old or whatever the situation may be, right? But the main, one of the main games that I played back in the day uh, was a racing game, um, which, of course, I was on Madden and everything else. But for the most part, this, this took over all my time. And it was a racing game called Midnight 
club dub edition and it was like one of the first games where you actually could modify your car and put like big rims on it put different colors on it different uh livery different schemes the whole nine um and you could make it whatever you want to make it right um not to say that any other games were like that um there were a lot of games out there especially racing games that allowed you to to play um, to a similar situation, but you couldn't make like 24 inch gold rims. Um, you couldn't make like a candy paint on top of a car. You couldn't make like certain engine sounds and noises. And, and the soundtrack itself was crazy, right? The soundtrack has so many different types of songs on there. There were actual songs that a lot of people either didn't know about or they knew everything about it because they were playing it on the radio, right? So in walks, I'm playing the I'm playing the game and there's this one song that gets played in the background. And it says, you know, it's it starts off like a good little mix or whatever. Um and it's just all audio or excuse me, all all vocal. And then all of a sudden the beat drops and the beat is like so spectacular and it's crazy and it's vibing me in. And that was actually the justice remix of electric feel. Um, when I went to go do a little research behind it is when I found out about the band management or MGMT. And then I heard the original version of it and I fell in love with it that much more. So I actually fell in love with the album, um, listened to it several times over a day um, and and really, really got into other genres of music based off of a video game. So shout out to video games because you pretty much saved my life when it came to music. It took me out of one form and I started listening to everything else. Um, but the album that we're talking about is Oracular Spectacular. And uh, that was by MGMT or known as Management. Um, it's funny because it's actually um, two majors of liberal arts. Um, from Connecticut kind of came together and, and made up a song. And then from that, they kind of like made up more songs, but all their songs that they came up with were pop songs, uh, written about everything that's going on in the music industry. And it's basically made as jokes, right? Um, but, um, this particular album had a couple of tracks on it that kind of took them into the atmosphere of actually being artists. And that was their 2007 debut album, which was the Oracular Spectacular. Um, so they pretty much talked about all the Spike Rockstar cliches, um, all the acid-induced paranoia that was going on, you know, all the hipster snark and, and millennial angst um, that was going on at the time, and, and pretty much put it all into the music they were going with, um, which is funny because they actually have more of a... The songs that took off were the songs that were more like electro type and, 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 and the trans whole theory with it. Um, but they're really more like a folksy type group. Um, when you listen to the actual album in its entirety, um, those, those other songs that came out from it and the songs that I'm referencing are kids and, uh, electric field. You know, they kind of took a, a left turn with those songs, whereas everything else was more along the the vibey, folksy type of groove to it. The reason why I picked this album is because it shows the complexity of music. Um, You've got a wide range of sounds. You've got a wide range of songs Um, that, you know, they, they come with and and you pretty much can dive into each song and have its own little vibe to it. 
and everything is good. Or whether you have something for the club, whether you have something for your car, when you just want to listen and drive to, whether you have something when you just want to clear your mind. I kind of got all of that out of this one particular album. And it made me, you know, actually be fond of them as more albums as they released. Now, of course, their style evolved for what it was. And they changed out different back end members of groups, like many other groups that do. But um, they influenced a lot of artists as well with the style of music that they came out with, basically off of this album alone. So that's my spiel into it. That's where I'm feeling it. Um, the Electric Field, I'll automatically say, is my my choice track uh, that comes from it because it's got a totally different vibe to it than the rest of the other um, songs on the album, so to speak. Um, but in all actuality, I, I could not go wrong with any song on this album. I mean, when you start talking about um, everything from a uh, fourth dimensional transition to uh, moons, birds, and monsters, the handshake. You know, I, I love pretty much every song on here. Weekend Wars is one of my absolute favorites when I want to just kind of chill out and vibe. Um, but when it came to the two that really just took the whole world by storm, it had to be electric feeling kids. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. It's, it's one of those eclectic albums that you know, when you listen to it, it puts a vibe in your chest and it makes you want to engulf yourself more into the artistry of what they're coming out with and what they're talking about. Because, yeah, they, they could be joking about, you know, some things, but for the most part, when they start getting serious with the music, it, it showed. And it, it definitely wasn't something to take lightly. Um, and they definitely put a foothold in the music genre um, just all together. So you, you can't skip over them and act like they don't exist because they, they hold their own and everything that they're doing. Um, there are a couple of other albums they, they came out with that I liked. Um, but for the most part, this is the one that kind of sticks in my heart. So it was kind of my backwards intro into the band themselves, but I can't see myself, you know, going on without recognizing who they are and what they do. Um, especially. With the names, like their names trip me out more than anything when I found out who they are. And, you know, that was like, what? <laughs> so you got Ben Goldwasser and you got Andrew uh, Van Weingarten. And I'm like, how do you come up with those names? Like <laughs> family names or were those made up names type situation? And that was one of those things that kind of made me jump into the mix of what they had going on and where it was coming from. Um, so. You know, the hypnotic echoes that they got coming out of their song, the carnivalist-esque youth that they bring out, especially in kids. Um, you know, they basically formed their own sound and weren't even trying to do it. It just kind of came out that way. And so that's, to me, when everything is organic, you got to love it. You got to respect it. And mostly first albums are the true indication of what a band is coming out as. Um, so well, that's, that's, I'm done with my thoughts. What do y'all think? Yeah, no, I, I, so I, I had heard the whole album before, like, I, I liked the album. Um, I, I didn't know that they were kind of a comedy band. It kind of makes sense now. I mean, early on, like, that, that they used to do songs for joke kids, because especially that uh, time to pretend, because the, the line's like, let's have models for wives. And then later on, it's like, we'll divorce them and then we'll get more models for wives, like, and just start the cycle over again. You're like, what are you guys talking about? Like, you just, like, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's a it was 
if, yeah, this is one of those if if like you want to recommend a, an album to somebody, you give them the whole album, not like any song. Like you're like take the whole thing, listen to the whole thing. Um, I uh, you know I went through and I re-listened to it. It's it's been a bit since I listened to it, but I remember liking it. I knew the cover right away. Um, so for me, you know, it's kind of the hits. It's you know time to pretend, kids. Uh, but I think for, for my choice track, I, I probably have to pick that fourth dimensional transition because that one just starts out like it's <laughs> it's like we're not going to we're just going to jump in hard and you're just going to go with it. But it's kind of weird because it's kind of melodic, but it's very like just like hard hidden. And you're like, OK, so. Yeah, I love when melodic and industrial come together and, and form something out. Of it. cool. Yeah. All right, Brandon, what you got on it? I'm afraid to say anything anymore because I, <laughs> nah. like, I feel like I'm a bad, a bad man. Nah, that's hating me, man. I love it. I feel it. like I'm, I'm too critical. Uh, yeah. Um, no, actually, you know, I, I've heard many of these songs. Yeah, right there. Anyway, uh, I, I actually, I've heard many of these songs before. Um, watch what you say. Like, watch what you say. <laughs> What? Okay, just kidding. Go ahead. I, I guess Damon really likes it too. Um, <laughs> I just yeah, don't know what you're gonna say. I'm in suspense over here. I'm just Dude, like, Damon, why don't you say what you want to say? And then <laughs> no, you you always say. end on me because I'm the wild card, apparently. Like, <laughs> no. I'd like to actually hear you first, and I'll comment on what you have to say. I feel like I'm the wild card. Like anyway, um, well, I'm actually, not the wild, wild. card. Like, Brandon's probably gonna hate it. Um, <laughs> the hate card? No, just kidding. Go ahead. Nah. I know. Nah. They're like, wait, you don't like music, but you like Frank Zappa and Nick Cave. Um. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah, MGMT. Um. Yeah, no, I've I've heard a lot of these songs before, like either in video games or commercials or television. I feel like one of these songs was used in like a little big planet commercial might have been. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I've heard a lot of the songs. There were several that I've not heard before, but like three or four of them definitely played constantly somewhere. So like <laughs> media wise, you know? Um, and overall, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I enjoyed it. Like those songs played regularly for a reason. There's a reason why they were used in commercials and movies and tv and video games because they're they're pretty good um you know like definitely towards the end of the album like i i definitely was kind of losing interest not that it was bad but i was losing interest a little bit you know because i definitely think like the top half of the album is better than the bottom half of the album um you know and and that's not not any fault of them like i totally get it like a lot of albums are like that you know like you, you definitely got your hits at the beginning and then, you know, towards the end, it's not quite as strong. It's not that it was bad. It was just, it's hard to compete when you have like six or, you know, six songs or so that are really good at the top. Um, so overall, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I, I like the sound. I like the voice. I like how distinct it is and how different some of the songs are. Like some of them sound the same, but when they don't sound the same, they really don't sound the same. If that makes any sense. That um, makes sense. <laughs> the one that I really liked the most was actually Weekend Wars. That was my favorite because I like the, I like how diverse the sound is. You know, like a couple of the songs are really good, but they sound very similar. 
And I felt like Weekend Wars was one that sounded very different than the rest of their hits. Um, because the sound changes. And if you guys know anything about me, I like sounds that are like start one way and then go in a different direction. And I kind of feel like Weekend Wars does that. Um, so anyway, no, I, I thought this was a, it was a good album and, uh, overall a good album. But like I said, like top half, I like more than the, the bottom half. Um, but not that the bottom half is any bad. Uh, and, um, yeah, so. Definitely, um, side B was much better than side A this episode. <laughs> so, Brandon, did, did you did you ever own or listen to this album before? No, you know, I don't think I have. Um, I, I definitely know of it, but I can't okay. remember if I don't recall listening to the full album. Like, I definitely okay. know the band, and I definitely remember their songs playing prominently. And again, like I said, a lot of media stuff. But I don't okay. feel like I've ever listened to the album. Like I know the cover for sure. You know, okay. In the image, and I feel like I'm talking a lot, and I'm gonna stop now. Um, no, no, you're. I've said my piece, and uh, anyway, no, I'm sorry I've turned into the Simon Cowell of the group. Um, Dan, no, um, how do you feel? <laughs> uh, no, you're. You're fired. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so that's a different. Uh, reality. I know I give you a lot of shit, Brandon. <laughs> Um, you, you do have a really diverse, like, music collection, I'm sure. And I, I I'm actually. Superior. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so, get, getting a little, getting a little cocky over there. Uh-oh. Uh, let's not go that far. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe, yeah. Actually, I think in, in a lot of ways, I do think you do have a superior, like, collection. And I've seen your records. I mean, it's, it's actually pretty impressive. Uh, I'm sure y'all have. Stuff I've never seen before, but I I know I give you a lot of shit, Brandon. But like I do appreciate your 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 take on music, and I you know I I need that you know I need someone that has a different taste than mine. I probably really love I I, I really do love MGMT um, or management, and you know I think that band like maybe I'm just like the dumbass that doesn't have a good taste in music. I don't know. I I'm not really sure if my taste in music is great or not. Because I think I've been influenced by, like, different things throughout the years. MGMT was, like, what, 2010? Is that about when this came out? Uh, 2007. 2007? Okay. Yeah. And so these guys are eclectic, but they're also mainstream, which I think is, like, that's actually really impressive to me to be able to have these songs that don't sound like something that you'd hear in a commercial, but they're in a commercial. They probably played this on, like, a million TV shows. The, the songs from this album, the ocular uh, spectaculars. I mean, that, that album is all hits in my, in my opinion, it's all hits. I agree with Brandon. The tail end of the album does kind of fall short. It's like they got bored or tired and they're like, let's just get this fucker out. We got to have 10 songs. So that probably does happen a lot where you're, you're doing really awesome. You have like a ton of hits. You're running out of time. Maybe the record label wants you to get that album out. I don't know. What do you think, Dietrich? Uh, I think that definitely could have been the case. Um, like I said, whenever you sign to a label and you are, you are essentially at the label's knee uh, of what they want to kick out, how they want to put songs out. You know, they put out fillers uh, a lot of times just to see how people will vibe to the music. Um, you know, it, it's one of those where I feel like they started off in one direction 
took a break for a second, came back, finished off in a different direction based on how they mm-hmm. felt or how the writing went. And that's why it feels a little different from the front end to the back end. Um, that that takes place. It does happen. And maybe those songs weren't supposed to be on this album. Maybe they were supposed to be on another album. Or maybe they had songs that might have gone on the album and then they turn around and, and flipped them to something else. So um, there have been very rare situations where somebody will make an album from beginning to end and every song that they made went on that album. Mm, gotcha. Very rare right. situations of that. So um, right. I, I definitely feel what everybody is saying. It did type, it did taper off towards the end because a lot of the like sounding songs were towards the end um, of the album. That being said, you know, it, it was definitely a good show coming out the block. Oh, absolutely. Do you, it's like, it's yeah. like, do you know Electric Feel or do you know The Handshake? You know, I'm not saying that the, the last two songs aren't great. I mean, the lyrics are great. My favorite song is also, Brandon, I think we agree. Uh, weekend wars. Yeah, we get for sure. Together. Yeah, I mean, you know, the lyrics are great. It's like he's torn. Do I? Uh, what do I do? Am I? Am I like lost in life here? Am I an artist or am I a professional? You know, do I want to follow what everybody does and get the job and have that life? Or it's it's like it's. I think it, that's what I got out of it. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of like where I was at at the time when this came out, too. And maybe I'm always there. I don't know, you know. Um, but that's that's why I liked I liked that song, man. The Weekend Wars. It's kind of like, that's what, that's kind of true to me, too, I think. I think that really fits my my lifestyle, my thought process. You know, because I used to be like a like an actual visual artist. That's That's what I wanted to do for a living. Now I'm in finance, you know, so it's like, okay, I'm not really sure how that happened, but um, do I like both things? Yeah, sure. But so, okay, I have a side question to ask you all, because um, I know I saw them at ACL and I'm pretty sure Damon did and Dietrich. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I'll it, yeah. yeah, I saw okay. it. What I'm trying to figure out is. I don't know when I learned that their name was management and, and there there's this band and then there's a clack, 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 which there's been a slow trend of, of bands or there was a trend of bands in like the, the two thousands that like they have a band name that you can't like instant, like if the common Joe Schmo off the street, like you just give them the album. They're like, they have no idea what the name of the band is, <laughs> you know, it, you know, and I can't remember who told me or when, but I was curious if you guys remembered when somebody told you it was management, when MGMT was management. Because off the cover, you're like, oh, I'm going to go see MGMT. And, and, and you run into a fan and you're like, oh, you're going to go see management? You're like, and, and it's weird. I'm not sure. Like, it's one of those things that, like, you learn, but you don't know how you learn it. I think. I think they prefer it that way, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I actually learned it from uh, another fan, uh, actually at my job. So I was playing the album, and then it came through, and they were listening. I was like, oh, man, you're listening to management. Hey. I was like, who, MGMT? He was like, yeah, that's short for management. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I, I kind of played it off. Like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. And then I was in my head like, yeah, that is right. What the hell was I thinking? So, 
What if they're wrong? What if everybody's wrong and it's not management? Why are people calling us management? That's fucked up. I don't like that. Fuck you, fans. It's like, quit the show. Fuck me. Like, all right, we're going to go work in a fucking office. Fuck you. Management, I'll be a manager. Fine. That's like going to meet them. It's like, hey, management. And they're like, no, we're MGMT. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like there's there's a thousand people out there. Right. Um can I get an autograph still or not? Nah. <laughs> sure Everybody I'm... thinks you're management. Just fucking go with it. <laughs> right. right. Oh, God damn it. The uh fucking record labels. Okay. Uh I, I was just curious because yeah. But all right. Um so any other thoughts on uh the album? I think everybody went. All right. uh, uh, other than that, it's totally awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Glad it's better than Flash Choice, so I'm, I'm happy. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I first heard that album, like, this is my closing thought, I guess, but when I first heard that album, I was like, who the fuck are these guys? This is so good. I think it was Electric Feel, you know, that I heard first, and then I just started listening to the, the album, then Weekend Wars, all that shit. I was like, Wow. This is a good fucking band, and yeah, just I think for a while I was like listening over and over and over again, and yeah, it's just one of those one of those grooves, man. It's never going to be bad for me. Whole album's awesome. So four stars out of four, I guess. I don't know if we're doing star ratings. Are we doing star (laughs) ratings? We're not doing that. No, 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 no. All right. So, uh, do you have some homework for us, Damon? Yeah. um, So I. I know that Brandon hates all the bands I pick. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, dude, I like the Police album. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I uh, I like to pick bands that I've seen live, and I I don't think I'm going to do that every episode, but um, this one for sure. Hiam, Hiam is the band I'm I'm giving you guys homework on. I Hi. think that Dietrich. Talked about Haim for a second uh, a while ago, a while back. And um, I think uh, I saw Haim when they first started touring. They were a fresh band. So, yeah, they they were at South by Southwest. And I'll save my stories for later. But, um, yeah. Okay. So, wait, is that the artist or the album? No, no, no. I, I'm telling you who the artist is. And then the album I was about to tell you. <laughs> No, I'm still trying to figure out how to spell high M because I'm not oh. finding it. So. Oh. Uh, H-A-I-M is in moon. Okay. Okay. And the album is their first album, Days Are Gone. Oh, okay. So. It, that's one with Dark Days of Summer, right? No, that's a different artist. Um, so you'll have to do your homework, Taj. <laughs> <laughs> But, I, I'm sorry. I was basing it off of the the album cover. Dog Days of Summer. No, that's a, that's. I know who that artist is. You're giving me okay. some homework. Um, okay. Of, of your own. So doing Days Are Gone. Days Are Gone. Yeah. I know the album. Why do I? Th- okay, I'll look at the album here. Which song am I thinking of? Uh, yeah, okay. check them out. Uh, 2012, I think was when they got really big, and they've got about three albums out now. But that's. That's my favorite album because I, I just remember that time uh, working. Uh, I was working nights, 
And I had just seen them at South by and they were a great band to just get through my evenings to and a uh, really good band live. I've seen them live like three or four times. Okay. HL, South by Southwest. And I even got to hang out a little bit in the crowd. It was kind of fun. But I'll save all that for later. So, yeah, check them okay. out. Uh, oh, do your homework. Now, just to make sure, is it two syllables like you're saying it or one? Because I always thought they were Heim, just like all together. Because I keep hearing you say hi M. <laughs> Aren't they uh, just one syllable? Heim. Heim? I've heard Heim, but is it Heim? <laughs> I thought it's Heim. <laughs> or am I wrong? <laughs> Maybe it's <laughs> anyway. Dietrich, let's do you know? Do that. Let's do uh, some research and then we'll discuss this. <laughs> yeah, let's just ask them and find out if they're like, I'm going to give them a call. I'll, I'll give them a call. It's three, three sisters. They come from a music family. Really right. cool. California. So, see, see what I'm saying? Band name titles. They just they just got weird, you know. Before it used to be the Beatles, you know. It's just really easy, you know. Beatles, you know. Beatles. No needers. They don't need any, any syllables. <laughs> they they go about they go by Heim. Yeah. Heim. That's what I thought. Heim? Oh, yeah. They Heim. 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 Yeah. They, okay. they officially have said it rhymes with time. Okay. Ah. That's what. Okay. That's why I was getting thrown off. I'm an awful fan. I'm an awful fan. <laughs> no, you're fine. The album came out in 2013, dude. What are you talking about? Uh, okay. I'm going to have to write September 27. Talkboard. Yeah. 100 times. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good, man. Um, okay, cool. So cool. That, that wraps it up. So all right. we're going to pick up the needle. Oh, before we do that, um, Taz, what you got to say? Oh, I, I just got to say, uh, follow us on social media and on our website, choicetracks.com. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Shoot us some emails and let's go ahead and sign off. I've been Taz. I'm Would Brandon. You? I'm Damon. No, no. You missed uh, now you go, Damon. There you go. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dietrich. Okay, so... No, Your homework. Like <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, do your homework. Um, don't listen to me because I'll probably start fights. And don't do drugs. <laughs> don't do drugs. And, okay, so I think that's that's gonna wrap it up, y'all. We're gonna pick up the needle, but you keep spinning those choice tracks. <laughs>